Morning, Miss Adlin. Good morning, Joby. How are we doing today? Good. We just had the opportunity to see uh, CBS Sunday Morning. I don't want to start with a downer, but the last feature was a uh, woman whose mother mm. passed away when she was 25, and I was thinking you had a couple of daughters about that age whenever you came down with your cancer. Was there any thought of uh, remembrance? Chelsea was, of course, older and married. Sammy was uh, finishing up for freshman year, and we were in uh, San Diego, still living in San Diego, working. I was thinking of my mom, how different things uh, she wanted to keep remembering, uh, different things that would remind her of her mother. And, uh, oh, geez. I think because we made so much fun of my poor mom <laughs> when all of us were together that um, uh, I can remember a lot of things about my mom and most of them are making fun of her, which is just horrible. But that's what our kids do to us now is make fun of us. If you had to say there was one area, one food, one uh, activity, oh, one no. thought to uh, encapsulate your thoughts of your mother, what would it be? Oh, gosh, I don't know. It would just depend on the day. It could be in something entirely different. Uh, um, for some reason, popcorn balls uh, popped into my mind when you said that. Um, uh, gravy. What about the popcorn balls? Uh, I guess because it's cool out here, uh, when it would start getting cold out, uh, every once in a while my dad would say to Mom, don't you think it's time for some caramel corn, and uh, she'd say, yeah, and she'd go get this great big, what we called, uh, what? Dish pan. Yeah, it was a dish pan, but it had an odd shape. It was kind of a an uh, oval shape, and it was white, like it almost looked medicinal, and um, she would start popping popcorn until she got that pan and I mean, the pan was at least six inches tall and about 12 inches, you know, long, oval shape. And uh, she would start popping popcorn uh, in a pan, uh, usually a, a saucepan. That's how they did it, so have lots of room to grow up. Either that or in a skillet. And that's the reason lately I've been doing popcorn in a skillet. It just tastes good in a skillet. I don't know why. But she would pop popcorn until she had that full, and then she would start putting together a conglomeration of molasses and syrup, and I don't know what else she put in it. My mom was one of those reasons I never learned to cook from my mother. She just threw stuff in it, you know, same way I tried to learn sewing from my grandmother, Neil. She would say, okay, uh, get up. Now let me show you how to do this, Evelyn. And she would start sewing away. And the next thing I know, she had finished the product. And I was still standing beside her watching her. Then Dad would be told that the popcorn was ready. Uh, and we would try to eat it while it was hot, which sometimes kind of burns your tongue. But that's when it was soft. And then as it started to harden up, uh, Mom would take and she would make popcorn balls. Uh, that was the thing we used to do for Halloween, too. We made popcorn balls, wrapped them in cellophane, or put them in little cellophane bags and handed them out to people. I can relate this to myself so much. My mom worked all my life, 
And uh, when we would see her coming down the road and Dad and I were home and he wasn't out farming or anything and I was in from school before she would get home, we'd always say, here comes the battle axe. And, and I never thought of it as a nasty thing. It was just what we said, here comes the battle axe. Because at that time, we lived same place that they live now, but there weren't, wasn't that much traffic out there. If you came out our way, you were coming home, uh, maybe visiting somebody out here, but you knew everyone's car. And so when she turned off of Bailey Lane onto um, Renshaw Road and come down toward our house, uh, we knew, and we had maybe three minutes to get our rear in gear, and that meant to jump up and act like you're busy. And if when Mom walked in the back door and we said, Hi, Mom, how's it going, everything, we'd be busy maybe getting dinner ready, or we'd just be standing up. All you had to do is just kind of be standing up uh, with something in your hand, and she was fine, but... If she ever caught you just sitting down, it seemed like she was a little ticked off because we didn't have anything to do and she had worked all day. So Is that the reason why whenever I walk into the house, you're never sitting in your easy chair? Oh, no. I always get up. No matter who walks in, I, I get up. It's just that that was engraved in you that um, some people just don't like to see you sitting down and resting. And it has given me a paranoid thing that uh, you're not allowed to sit down. I mean, stand up in the corner over there and just <laughs> don't do anything. But don't don't sit down. Sitting down and stretching out in a lazy boy is a pure sign of laziness. Two things whenever the program was airing. Uh, remembrance of my mother. Every Saturday night, uh, my mother had to cook the meals for 10 people, and every Saturday evening, she and I would go out to the chicken pen, and I would take a wire hanger and hook the fryers that she pointed out and hand them to her, and when a couple of whips, she would uh, wring their necks, and we would do three fryers every Saturday night. Once the uh, chickens quit flopping around after having their necks wrung, uh, we would... Uh, take them over, and, and she would have a, a number three wash tub, uh, boiling water outside with wood under it and everything, and she would dip those into the scalding water, and then she would hand them to me, and I would hang them on the uh, clothesline and start picking the feathers off. And then once I got all the feathers picked off, she would take the uh, <clears throat> the fryers and singe them, just take newspapers and bite them on fire and singe the hair off the uh, chickens and she would take them inside and chop them up and uh, fry them on Saturday night so that Sunday morning when we got up we all went to church and when we came back she had her chicken all, all done she'd set that on the cook stove and she would fix a big skillet of gravy and some biscuits and that was Sunday dinner and I know <laughs> The first Sunday dinner I had with you after we got married, you said, uh, I said, what are we going to have, uh, chicken, fried chicken and gravy? And you said, no, pizza. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's terrible. And the second remembrance I had was when mom was very old. She was sitting in the South Main Street house rocking. 
and she had the blanket around her legs and we were talking and <clears throat> I was sitting on the floor and I said, Mom, you know, there's a lot of discussion about this abortion issue. And uh, I said, I've never really talked to you about that. And she said, well, Joe, nobody's for abortion. Nobody wants to abort a child. But she said, in turn, I don't think any man should tell a woman what to do with her body. You and I were very, very, very lucky to have the women we had for mothers and to have them as long as we did. Oh, my gosh, yes. When I was growing up, I got car sick real easy. And so they were always traveling and showing horses. And usually their longest trip at that time was going up to Springfield, Illinois, to the Springfield State Fair. And um, it was like a bunch of hobos. Uh, they went in a great big truck and they put horses in it and put a top over the top, a tarpaulin over it. And, and they actually did ride in the back with the horses. And... Um, they always had so much fun because they would go and they didn't stay in a hotel. They would wait till the Society Horse Show was leaving as we were coming in. And they always had everything decorated so beautifully and kept everything so clean because people would constantly uh, come to the State Fair during the first part of it and go up and down the aisles of the uh, barns where the Society kept their Society horses. And um, it was, you know... A treat, so you always tried to find one and get in real early, get one right across from the Coliseum. And um, I'd always heard of what they did when they went, and it sounded so much fun. It was like camping out. So the first time I got to go, they uh, put me in the back of a station wagon, and um, uh, my job was to continue eating the whole trip up there because as long as I would eat something and not look at the road, uh, I could make it pretty good. That's before we had the Dramamine and all that kind of stuff, as far as I know. And it was. It was always the hit of the year, family-wise and horse-showing-wise, to go up and to clean out a dirty old horse stall, uh, put fresh straw in it, cover it with a tarp, put in um, we call it cots, army cots, uh, three of them in there, put in your uh, bedding in there, hang curtains or um, uh, sheets around the edge so no one could see in. And that was our hotel room. Mm. And uh, some of the best times I ever had in the world was that because at night after the showing was over, all your friends from all over the country would come with their lawn chairs and they would sit down and by a fire and you would talk and laugh and carry on all night. And so it was so fun. <laughs> the first year that I took Kelly and Chelsea to the state fair, my dad was always wanting to know where we were at all times, especially when I would go up as a child. He, I was usually sitting with the announcer inside the arena because my mom would help the announcer with different things. And um, so, because my dad helped uh, a gentleman named Oliver Mudd, who was the superintendent of the Western Horse Show, and my dad was a ringmaster. And so he was out in the arena. So we always knew where dad was if we needed him or something was going wrong, or if we heard from something at home that needed to be taken care of. So the first time I took uh, Kelly and Chelsea, my dad says, you watch those kids all the time. Don't let them out of your 
site. So mom and I, big thing then was to go see the cow made out of butter. And uh, you used to have, get a bag when you went into the one great big building there. Uh, and they would give you a bag when you walked in the door. And they gave away samples of everything. And the thing to do was to see, get your bag full. And one of the places, they made miniature loaves of bread. And you would get those. And usually they had just gotten out of the oven and had been wrapped right there. And they were so warm and good. So we were always getting those. So for some reason, I don't know why, Kelly... And Mama and I got separated from Chelsea. I think she just decided she was a wanderer. Mm-hmm. Our man, a venture one. Kelly would not get out of your sight if you told him not to. He would not get out of your sight because he was the guy and he was supposed to be looking after us. So we just went back to the Coliseum thinking that's where How old Chelsea, was she? I mean, six, seven. Oh, young. Yeah, yeah young, young. All of a sudden, she had told a cop, she saw a cop, and she told him, she said, my grandpa uh, is the ringmaster in the Coliseum. So they put out an announcement, and it comes over the intercom inside the thing. Oh, I thought my dad would looked up where we were supposed to be sitting, and we got the, whoa, the, you know, you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> she was always that way. My mom and I were always taking the kids on trips because my husband and and my dad were always working in the fields when you had time to take off and go someplace. We took my mom and dad's uh, brand new motorhome, never been off the place, loaded it up with the two kids, and we took off, and we went to Florida. And every place we would stop, like uh, Busch Gardens, uh, uh, Disney World, or Disney, yeah, Disney World down there, and... uh, Oh, what is all the different places we would go for four or five minutes? We would lose Chelsea, and it was so funny too because she would she was looking for friends. She was making friends. She went into a bathroom one time, and we stood outside and waited. And she comes out with a little girl holding her hand. She'd found a new friend. This is the craziest thing that you could ever do at Disney World. Is at a Fort Wilderness is a campground. And we just pulled up there, like we could just, and the person looked at us like, no, we take reservations a year in advance, and said, let me double check, but there's nothing available for weeks. And she come back, she said, people, this is the luckiest day of your life. We have reservation open for, I think it was like four days. Somebody had just canceled. And she said, do you want it? And I said, yes. So we're setting up, Kelly's helping us setting up, and all of a sudden, Chelsea is gone. We don't know where she is. And I mean, Kelly just goes berserk. Mom, you've got to find her. Oh, you ought to spank her and put her in the camper and never let her out. She's always someplace she's not supposed to be. (laughs) And so we honestly started walking down each aisle of the campground, hollering, Chelsea, where are you? About Three minutes later, a door opens from a camper, and she sticks her head out and says, Here I am. What do you want? (laughs) I said, What are you doing? I found a friend. And, oh, I thought, Kelly, I said, Mom, if you don't keep hold of her, she said, She's going to disappear, and we'll never see her again. (laughs) So, Well, you remember when we took all the kids to 
Hawaii, oh. and we landed at Honolulu. And, of course, we were uh, all bug-eyed and everything because here's farm family. Uh, it was Beverly Hillbillies, really, in, in uh, Hawaii. We go eat. First night, we're on our way to uh, the resort where we were staying that night and uh, got to counting heads, and Chelsea and Kim were gone. Yeah. And here we were in a strange city, and uh, we had the boys, uh, they were all there, Joey, Kelly, and uh, John, but we couldn't find the girls, and we started hollering, and I, I really began to panic because, you know, we didn't know what Honolulu yeah. offered in the way of crime. And we searched and everything else, and about 30 minutes later, here Chelsea and Kim came walking back up in the ocean, yeah. and they... Here they came walking back. Uh, they had been down on the ocean, Scary. just yeah, just yeah. enjoying each other. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Craziness like that. So well, not only were our parents uh, living to be elderly, which we got to enjoy, and uh, they were loving, wonderful, wonderful parents, but they were also notable people. Your dad was ringmaster, and he was also. Uh, the uh, number one uh, quarter horse breeder in the Midwest. And uh, my dad was sheriff and mom was uh, mother of the year. So we had uh, a lot of notoriety going in our heritage. So we, we, may, be, we may be something special. I don't think so. <laughs> Storytellers, maybe. <laughs> Dog owners. <laughs> well, yeah. My, uh, it was a joy in his life that I think got him through some a lot of things in his life to have that outsource. But anyway, we were talking about our moms and got a little carried away. Oh. I always do. I can remember so, so many things that she used to do. And uh, she always ran interference between myself and my dad. And I think that's probably, as I get older, think of all the things that mom left me and some of them weren't too good. <laughs> I mean, I've run interference between you and your kids for I don't know how long, and also my kids and, and the world, too. So uh, that's a big job, running interference. It gets very depressing. <laughs> we uh, are getting some activity on uh, retiredrotors at gmail.com. It's from Tim and Rhonda in St. Paul, Minnesota. Oh, neat. Yeah. You been to St. Paul? I have my first alone trip except for scout camp girl scout camp in high school my mother's boss invited me to go with them in august to st paul minnesota well fargo north dakota they went up there to a fishing like camp and went up there and went fishing for trout and uh, they just loved to go up there because it was really beautiful and I wanted to go, and it was the biggest trip I had ever gone on. But it happened to be at the same time as the state fair, and I was showing a horse at the state fair. And so I rode up there in the car with uh, Carmen Taylor and his wife Edna and Robert and Jane and Mary. Mary, I couldn't think of Mary. And uh, Car sick all the way? No, no, at that time, uh, Dramamine, just pop them and sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Pop him asleep. But uh, got up there, but I had to get back to the state fair. So I rode a Greyhound bus hmm. for 23 hours. And I cannot believe my dad let me do that. 
but he wanted me back to the horse show. And so on a bus, and I did that and pulled in, and they picked me up at Springfield. And I got there just in time to show. I wouldn't let one of my girls now ride on a Greyhound bus all that way. I would, but then it wasn't that scary, I guess. The world wasn't that nasty. <laughs> Life experiences are not fulfilled until you ride a Greyhound bus. Whoa, I know and whenever I, did. I work for Preston Temple, uh, selling advertising for the Grand Ole Opry between my uh, junior and senior year of high school, I actually rode a Greyhound bus throughout the Midwest. I would take a Greyhound bus and travel to a town, and we would sell advertising and the program booklet on the telephone. And I would work until Friday, and then Friday night I'd get on a Greyhound bus and tootle back to Benton, Illinois, back to home. And there is no experience in the world mm -hmm. like no. traveling in a Greyhound bus. Oh, no, they just get in and get it started, shifting through all those gears. <laughs> I was on a, a Dramamine drunk then to just keep popping them, keep popping them. And, uh, oh, no, it was, uh, and stop it every mm -hmm. little bitty tail. Yes. I mean, you barely got the engine hot when you stop and go. So it was quite an experience, but I'll always remember that. And they're still running. That's the interesting thing. Yes, I guess so. Crazy. We ought to send our kids, uh, <laughs> even better yet, our grandkids, whenever they're very young, cross-country on the Greyhound bus. Well, you know, I thought, uh, I forget where we were, and I think it was uh, Casey that was probably the first one that was going to get on a plane. And uh, she flew, I think, here, and then went camping with uh, Sammy and all of us. Uh, to help babysit. Yeah, and I always thought it was neat that we got to take our kids and show them a lot of things, show them, uh, you know, life on a cruise ship and and taking airplane rides and that kind of thing so that they could know their way around and do things like that. So it was great. Great memories. And uh, Tim and Rhonda Tim and in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, we're going to have to uh, delay till our next broadcast oh. because, yeah, Time to uh, time to wrap it up because oh, uh, I wanted to know what they wanted. Well, they said, uh, "Dear Evelyn, dear, oh, we are not full time campers, but we do take a couple of the extended trips a year in our fifth wheel. Ooh, we love it and have lots of memories making moments. But the problem is, Rhonda says, I cannot develop a regular exercise program." When I'm on the road, I can do that whenever I'm home. I do it routinely, but I can't do it on the road. Do you have any advice? Uh, yes, I don't understand that at all <laughs> because I cannot do it if I'm at home. There's always something to do, but I found that we lived in a fifth wheel for about six years and uh, at a campsite, and we loved it because, as you said, Friday nights, uh, people came in to camp with all their families, and it was wonderful to sit outside and hear kids running and playing and, and having a good time. But we walk more when we're camping than we do at home, or I do, mm -hmm. uh, because it's a way of getting out, and you're talking to each other about what's happening around you. Uh, you're seeing people. You're saying hello. You're seeing different country. 
Um, oh, yeah, I, and, and going out and seeing sights, I meant. If you're talking about that kind of exercise, it was just great. Tell her about walking around the block. Oh, the story, I can't remember it. You tell her, or you tell her. <laughs> the woman who said that she gets up every morning and walks two times around the block, and then she gets it and picks it up, puts it back into the toy chest, and gets another cup of coffee. <laughs> yes, I thought that was so funny. It's cute that you remembered that. Yes, that's the way I am. I like to walk, and I like to walk fast. I just finally, it takes me about, uh, I'd say, not very far at all until I hit my rhythm. And once I hit my rhythm, I could just walk all day. As long as it's not straight up hills, that kind of gets me getting too old for that. But, um, yeah, I don't understand it. It's just fun to camp. Like when we went down to uh, this last trip we took to Tucson, we were there for seven days. It rained five, (laughs) and we were out walking a couple of them with umbrellas out in the rain just checking out the campground. If you're staying at nice big campgrounds that are really pretty, uh, you can get in some miles really quick. Well, Tim and Rhonda, we obviously have not helped you at all. <laughs> your uh, your exercise program is going to have to be developed. My my advice is do something that you can do every day, because yeah. if you don't do it every day, yeah, get a dog. <laughs> if you have a dog, you have to take them out. And it's funny. My mom used to say that people didn't really like their dogs. Uh, they were just a means of having conversation with the strangers in the campground because everybody is stopping and saying, oh, what a cute puppy. Well, where'd you get him? Well, where are you from? Well, la, la, la. Next thing you know, you're big friends with all your neighbors at the campground. Pick up bait. Yeah, pick up bait. Exactly. <laughs> that's cute. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, on that, let's wrap <laughs> it up and say, a la vicha de what is it? What is it? <laughs> I don't know, because I get a Del Monte's all I know. Yeah. Uh, like a peach. Yeah, get a can of Del Monte, <laughs> see you tomorrow. Del Monte, yes. So long, Del Monte. Yes. Yes, yes. bye-bye. I love you, darling. Love you, hon. Bye. Okay, have a good one. Okay. <laughs>